0: Our History, Episode 3. The History of Weapons. The History of Weaponry. The History of Warfare and Weaponry? Yeah. What are we going for? What are we going to call this one?
1: History of Warfare and Weaponry. Weaponry and Warfare.
0: The History of Weaponry and Warfare.
1: Hello, and welcome to Our History, the History Podcast.
0: I'm making with my dad Dad, introduce yourself Hello, I'm Otto's dad It's quite interesting if we're talking about the history of uh, warfare and weaponry that the sort of main ages of the of prehistory are defined by the materials that they used to, to make weapons To begin with we had the Stone Age where most of the weapons were made out of stone and flint and so on and then we had the Bronze Age, and I think bronze was developed around 1450 BC. Um, and that was when all the weapons were made out of bronze, obviously. Um, and that was, of course, followed by the Iron Age, when humanity began to smelt iron and um, create weapons out of uh, iron. Oh,
1: and then there was the sausage. The sausage. <laughs>
0: then they discovered farming. Then they can have pigs, and with pigs, you get sausage. Well, And they started hitting each other around the heads with
1: chipolatas. Yeah. <laughs> Science.
0: The sauce age. Obviously, weapons were very important, and so that's why they were. Uh, we defined our ages by the materials that we made the we- weapons out of. Um, but. I think one of the other interesting ways of looking at the history of weapons and the history of weaponry is um, the history of the sort of distance that they were able to um, use weapons over. So to begin with, um, I suppose the sort of earliest weapons was some caveman picking up a uh, stone. Well, no, the earliest weapons was probably someone
1: walking up to someone going... And
0: head-butting them. Head-butting them. Yeah. <laughs> Grouch, the uh, stone, stone Age man, head-butting someone. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But then maybe...
1: First war, starting with someone going up to someone.
0: <laughs> giving them a Glaswegian kiss. <laughs> Have you
1: heard that? No. No.
0: Um, but, yes. And But then Grouch, our Stone Age man, probably thought, ah, why don't I pick up this stone um, and whack him over the head with my this stone, which is going to be slightly less painful <laughs> <laughs> to myself than having to head back this, uh, my fellow uh, Stone Age man. Um, and uh, that was probably how they developed, that was probably the very first weapon, a stone. And then
1: he thought... And then maybe um, Doug, the guy who got bobbed on the head with the stone, was like, hey, and turned around and hit him. So then Grouch thought, hey, he just turned around and hit me. So Grouch ran back, then threw the stone.
0: Ah, yes. So then
1: he, he wouldn't get hit.
0: Yeah. So that was already the first bit of distance between two fighting people. Yeah. Actually throwing the stone at somebody.
1: Yeah. Or a leopard.
0: A leopard? But let's explore this one a bit more, what you're saying. So rather than throwing a stone, they threw a...
1: A leopard. Because if you think about it, if you throw a stone at someone, they can go, ow, then run at you and pick up another stone and throw it at you. But if you throw a leopard at someone, they would be more busy about trying not to get eaten by the leopard to come and throw a stone at you.
0: Yes, and no, you can't see any sort of practical problems of uh, throwing leopards?
1: Well, yes. Well, so basically you don't really, like, didn't Hannibal do that? He threw some snakes onto a Greek boat, or a Roman boat.
0: I don't know that story.
1: Cool. Didn't he?
0: I don't know. We can look it up. Do you have a quick look up? Okay. And sure enough, you're right, Otto. I've found quite a lot about Hannibal and snakes. Um, yeah, he won battles by using new and different ideas. As an example, once while fighting at sea, he had his men throw live snakes onto the enemy's ships. The snakes fighting the enemy so badly they surrendered. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, that is from...
1: There's a problem with that.
0: Let me just, uh, I think it's good if we've looked something up on the internet to quote where we got it from, because I think this is quite an interesting little site. This is called Rome.MrDon.org. So Rome.M-R-D-O-N-N.org forward slash Hannibal. Excellent. Sorry.
1: I think a problem, there's a problem with surrendering there, being scared by the snakes, Mm. because the snakes are still on the ship. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you go, oh, I surrender, yeah. the snakes don't understand. Oh, they've surrendered, we can leave them alone now. Yeah. They might go, oh, they're standing still, let's go get them.
0: Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but they probably said, yeah, help us, let's get off this boat. And then they've got them. Um, there's a very rubbish film called, which I haven't seen, called Snakes on a Plane. This would be like Snakes on a Ship. Um, I think the only small fact to add there is that he wasn't actually fighting against the Romans when he um, did that. It was against somebody called Eumenes, um, who I don't know quite who he was. Um, He gained over Eumenes. Uh, We can look that up. Anyway, yeah, snakes on a ship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. So, going back to um, our thing about distance, so we've got uh, Grouch throwing uh, stones at his, uh, what was his enemy called? Doug. Doug. Doug, the Stone Age man. Yeah, um,
1: Doug and Grouch.
0: Doug and Grouch, the Stone Age men throwing rocks at each other. And then, um, or leopards, um, or indeed snakes. Uh, and, and then But then, presumably, one of them thought, ah, if I throw a stick, um, I can throw it further than I can throw a rock. Um, and so presumably they then sort of sharpened the stick, um, and that was kind of the first spear. Javelin. first sort of javelin spear type thing, yeah. Um, and then I think probably one of them um, thought he could tie a piece of flint to the end of his spear. So that well, they probably actually developed sort of sharp stones for... Killing people for yeah. cutting. I think. They, I mean, that was probably actually they developed them first for sort of um, killing animals, hunting, and. Sort yeah. of like hunting and um,
1: I think more people against people was more Bronze Age, wasn't
0: it? You reckon? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that warfare. It's uh, one of the weird things is that basically humanity has been killing. Uh, we've been killing ourselves for years and years and years, um, which is quite sad. But. Um,
1: well, no! But it's, it would have started in Stone Age, but the Bronze Age were more. Killing people.
0: yeah, that's when they really went for it. Yeah, yeah. right. so we got as far as um, grouch tying well tying a bit of flint to the end of a stick and making a sharp and quite dangerous weapon, much more dangerous than just a sharp stick. Um, so yeah, and I wonder about, did you do a bit of research about um bows, didn't you? when, yes. when did bows start coming in?
1: Um, it says most likely were invented about 10,000 to 5,000 BC.
0: Right. So that was pre-Bronze Age. Um, so they, they were they were already making wooden bows.
1: But bows are originally made of flint, usually, weren't they? Well, arrows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, because there's something else that I popped up. There's a sort of timeline here. So I'm looking at the com. and they've got a... Timeline, weapons, technology, um, and so yeah, the earliest evidence of using hum- humans using spears in a part of Germany now near Schoeningen, 400,000 BC, um, and then the earliest arrowheads date from twenty thousand BC. So about what you said, suggesting that bows and arrows were in use. Um, so, although some believe that they were invented much earlier, pointing to a single 60,000-year-old stone that may or may not be an arrowhead. I think that's the problem with this kind of history, when you're talking about sort of 20,000, 60,000 BC, yeah. um, is uh, deciding exactly what it was, because probably an arrowhead and a spearhead look quite similar, if you haven't got the wood that it was tied to. Okay, cool. So, um, right, so that's going to take us up to the around about the the Bronze Age um, so there's quite some interesting stuff I was reading about um, Bronze Age and the fact that the, the one of the main technologies they had then were chariots um, and it's quite weird do you think that people would be riding before they used chariots do you think that you, can you think why they might be chariots came in before sort of mounted horsemen
1: um No stirrups?
0: No, uh, good point. We'll come on stirrups later, yeah?
1: Because it's easier to throw a spear on top of a chariot. Uh,
0: From a chariot, yeah. No, I think it was actually because basically horses weren't strong enough to carry people. They, They were very small horses in those days.
1: But they could carry chariots with people. They could
0: pull chariots. But actually getting them to carry a person effectively... So they couldn't really do very much. The horses were too small. And I think some of the really early chariots were pulled by donkeys. So we sort of imagine these really cool chariot warfare things going on, but actually they're being pulled along by donkeys. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, and that was in the Bronze Age. So, you know, it's quite amazing to think that all of this stuff was, you know, 1,500 BC. Um, there's another cool, uh, where would that go? Um you know, So the Egyptians and all of those people, sort of 1,000, 2,000 BC to 1,500 BC, the sort of a middle Egyptian period. Um, and that's the same distance between the founding of the Roman Empire as the founding of the Roman Empire is to us. It's known as ancient history. Continuing our sort of thoughts about distance between... Um, people fighting each other so we've gone from throwing rocks spears bows one of the main ideas with the development of the bow was what they called the composite bow so that was rather than just one piece of stick used as a bow they actually tied together different bits of uh, material and that made a much springier bow and actually made it bend backwards so that again made it much much springier um so you know those ones where they sort of do a sort of double bend? Do you see what I mean? I can't, I'm not explaining this very well. Um, it's almost I like a I sort don't... of W shape. Yeah, I think I've seen those kind
1: of things.
0: Yeah. We might have to put, uh, if we've got a website by the time this podcast goes out, we might have to put up some pictures or we, references yeah, we, to...
1: we do have a
0: website. Oh, we have got a website?
1: Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. what is it?
1: Ourhistory.com
0: <laughs> I think we have. It's but I haven't registered it properly, but it's ourhistorypodcast.com or something. Um anyway. So um and then the other developments were things like catapults and ballistas and trebuchets. Um
1: I know what catapults are.
0: Yeah. Well what does a catapult look like? Let's let's get, get a picture up i get some pictures up. Okay, so we've mentioned uh, catapults, ballistas and trebuchets. And Otto, I'm now going to challenge you yeah. to describe what's a catapult.
1: Okay, so a catapult, it's basically about four wooden planks on the mm-hmm. ground, mm-hmm. lifted by wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a kind of arch shape coming up with a basic wooden spoon going in between it and if you put a weight on one side of the spoon it will push it down and the other side of the spoon which is like what you actually put into your kind of
0: food or whatever. Well, your payload they call it. Yeah. 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 It will. Throw it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, So that's a catapult. What's a trebuchet then?
1: A trebuchet is basically the same but Mm -hmm. instead of like a spoon it's a stick with a kind of sling. Yeah. So it will kind of go further.
0: Yes. So I think it's using the sling. A friend of mine's dad made a trebuchet. Um, and a, what's a ballista then?
1: It's a massive crossbow.
0: Nicely put. Massive crossbow. Cool. So those, uh, those are around, all three of those, I think were around in um, Roman times. Um, so those Even the ballista? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: doesn't look, right. doesn't look
0: oh, There you go, Roman. Huh. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, they used all of these things. So, the, you know, the Romans, well, we, we, we talked about Caesar, and um, I think with a lot of his battles, he used all of these sort of distance weapons. Okay, so for, for a long time, that was your basic, um, that was about as far as you could get from your enemy, was using one of these sort of catapults or trebuchets. And Which that is kind quite of thing. far. It's quite far, isn't it? Yeah.
1: You'll still be able to see them, probably, unless yeah. it's like a hill. Yeah. But, unless you're on top of a hill.
0: Yeah. And you could use it for, you could use all of these for siege warfare and for attacking castles.
1: Yes. Um, but you can't see your enemy, but you can see what they are, because they're in the castle. You can't see actual people.
0: No. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah.
1: But you could easily just lob it over.
0: You could destroy castles with um, these kinds of weapons. Well, what
1: I would do is I would make all of those ballista things out of wood Mm -hmm. and fire them in Mm -hmm. to the castle. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get like a flaming catapult Mm -hmm. and launch it in, hoping it will land on all of the ballista bolts. And what's that going to do? You could set fire to the ballista bolts. Oh, okay. In the middle
0: of the castle. So you'd have to have soaked the ballista belts in oil or petrol. Well, oil. Yeah. For them to light.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, if they're made of wood. Could catch. Mm. You'd have to soak the um, ball in
0: oil. For it to go in flaming. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did do that. They, they would throw flaming um, mm. rocks. Um, And they could destroy castles. I think Edward I, when he was campaigning in Scotland, you know, nasty Edward I, but we don't like him, Um, he uh, had these enormous trebuchets um, that destroyed some of the important castles in Scotland. Um, But the problem always with those, for actually destroying a castle, was that basically the the rocks would just bounce off. They're not going straight, are they? They're going wee. So they, they could bounce off walls. Um, so it was quite difficult to destroy a castle wall with one of those kinds of weapons. Along came...
1: Um, guns and cannons.
0: Yeah. I.e. gunpowder. Gun yeah. So gunpowder was actually invented by the Chinese. Um, I but think I knew that. What, the...
1: Gunpowder was invented by the
0: Chinese? Yep. Yeah. Oh, we missed... Well... Oh, um, yeah, battering rams. Battering rams.
1: Battering rams.
0: Battering rams. We like your battering rams. Um, well, they could you,
1: knock down a castle, stone walls, but they no. could knock down, like, doors.
0: That's what they were used for, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And they often sort of covered them as well, because, you know, if you're sitting in your castle...
1: Yeah.
0: Um, ...and your walls are being... well, your doors are being attacked by a battering ram... Yeah. ...you chuck stuff down. We've seen that in some of the castles we've visited, haven't we? Mm. where they pour sort of boiling oil oh yeah, yeah. cool yeah so gunpowder um invented by the chinese but not really developed as a weapon by the chinese it wasn't until the europeans got their hands on gunpowder and thought mm. ah we can make this into weapons by um i think uh, they well they had to refine the gunpowder because the gunpowder the chinese used they used for basically uh, fireworks um But then the Europeans realised that if you put the gunpowder inside an enclosed space and lit it, it exploded and could push something out of a barrel. Um, And some of the really early cannons were basically barrels. Um, Wait,
1: what came first, a cannon or a gun?
0: um, What do you think? Cannon. Yeah. Because they were very, very dangerous, the early ones.
1: Yeah, didn't they, like, explode? A lot. Sometimes, yeah. yeah.
0: There's your answer. The first hand cannons to be used um, was in the Battle of Ain Jalut in 1260 by Egyptian soldiers. Um, Wait,
1: those guns?
0: Yeah, so they, yes, There'd be, but I mean, they'd be pretty enormous, <laughs> like bazooka-type guns. Uh, I that fired
1: cannibals.
0: I can't, that fired little mini-cannons, I suppose, yeah. Um, But it's quite interesting because, I mean, that's still 200 years before the Battle of Agincourt. Um, And so I think that Henry V, on his campaigns around the Battle of Agincourt, did have cannons. um, And there were cannons around. But obviously the Battle of Agincourt is famous for the uh, longbows. You know the Mm. story of the Battle of Agincourt? Yes. Just a quick reminder, it was... The British, or the, well, they were English, but they were Welsh, um, longbowmen who defeated all the uh, French knights. And it's actually quite an interesting part of the development of weapons where it was kind of almost sort of democratic, the longbow, because before, um, you know, where the knight had been the most powerful person on the battlefield. Um, they were rich people because you you had to be able to be a knight. You had to be able to afford a very expensive horse, very expensive armor. So it was basically only very rich people who were the kings of the battlefield at the time. But when the longbows came in and they started using longbows really properly, um, like the French knights really hated them. They thought it was all totally unfair. And um, you know, how can these peasant type people start shooting at me? I'm a knight. How dare you? <laughs> And then that was taken even further when um, guns started appearing, obviously, um, because...
1: And started developing.
0: Yeah, because obviously that means anyone could kill anyone. Um, And so it didn't matter how rich or poor you were, if you had a gun in your hand, um, you could shoot who you wanted. Going back to bows, um, that was quite an interesting thing I read about, that um, in some ways bows were actually better than and more efficient than early muskets and so on because they're more accurate They're more accurate and
1: quicker to load
0: much quicker to load exactly um but the thing is is that a bowman has to be really highly trained and more than highly trained has to really build up their muscles because to use one of those long bows you have to be really 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 strong you, you wouldn't be able to move one um, and they found sort of skeletons of, of bowmen from the time, and they would have enormous right arms because they had to be so strong to pull the bows. Um, and there was a battle, uh, the Battle of Lepanto, which was a naval battle between um, the Spanish and the uh, Ottoman Empire in well, I don't know the date, but say the 16th century some point. Battle um, of Lepanto and 15... 1571 the Ottomans had bowmen and the the Spanish fleet had muskets on board. Um, And because all the uh, Ottoman bowmen were killed, that basically meant they couldn't go to war for ages because it took so long to train up and build up the bodies of bowmen, whereas you could just get any old peasant give them a gun and they could use it within seconds. As we're on gunpowder, So, listeners, that's another abrupt ending, but we're going to leave it there and uh, come back in two weeks' time to find out whether Gunpowder did eventually take over from Arrows. Please visit our webpage, ourhistorypodcast.com. We've put some lovely pictures up there, including some that we took at the Milton Keynes History Festival last weekend with Otto brandishing all sorts of weaponry. And we'd also like to hear from you on the webpage if you've got any comments or thoughts or ideas or anything that you'd like us to discuss. And finally, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, please leave us a review and tell us what you think. Thank you very much and see you in a couple of weeks.